Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This is Where's the yeah, I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I... I didn't come here for that. Hi everyone, welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast dedicated to the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and welcome to episode 50. Thank you all for joining me once again. Uh, here we are, we're at episode 50, we're halfway to 100. I can't believe we finally made it, so this is very exciting. Um, let me think if I have any updates, life updates, or anything else to give y'all. Um, not really. I don't know. I've been kind of down. been feeling a little depressed over the past week, but, um, spring is right around the corner, so that's definitely going to help. And, oh, well, this is just a fun story of what happened today, but as I was coming home <laughs> today on my way home from work, I tried to pull into my parking lot at my apartment complex and I couldn't because there were about four or five cop cars blocking the parking lot. And so I was like, what's going on here? Because if you guys are longtime listeners, you'll remember I had to scramble and move out of my last apartment complex last summer because of shit that went down. So I was like, oh no, is shit going down at this new place? But uh, <laughs> I was unloading the car. I had some groceries and I had called my husband out to help me. And then he like, you know, kind of like walked around the cop cars and the cops were out like talking to some girl who was out with her dogs. Um, And then he got over to help me unload the groceries and he's like, all right, so I was eavesdropping and I heard someone say something about being chased with a knife. And I was like, what the fuck? So then I go inside the apartment and my husband has some friends over for Dungeons and Dragons night. And I asked, um, or I was like, what's going on with all the cops? Or I just mentioned something about the cops. And one of his friends said that she had like heard it happening. But I guess like they were, there was a roommate dispute. And one of the roommates was yelling at the other roommates that she was like, of course, I'm going to call the cops when you're chasing me around with a knife. So I guess some people were chasing some other people with knives. But as long as they keep it contained to their own apartment and don't involve me, like whatever, it's fine. I like my apartment. I don't want to have to move. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, those are all the updates I have. I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say, but hopefully that was a fun little story that you guys enjoyed. Something lighthearted. Um, so this week I wanted to do something a little special. I don't know, something that I've been, I've been waiting for the right time and it kind of felt like, yes, this is, this is the time for it. So we are finally going to dive into Brittany and Kevin Chaotic. So this one was requested a while ago, um, I believe by, I think, I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name, I think it's Timu, Timu Kvist. Um, He is Finnish, I believe, so I don't know how to pronounce his name properly, so I apologize if I just mess that up. Um, But he mentioned a while ago that he wanted me to talk about Chaotix, so I've been waiting to do it. I've been waiting to like give it all of the justice that it deserves, and now the time is right. So... I don't know, this one feels especially significant, not just because this was a reality TV show, but this was like a cultural moment. Does everyone remember? Like, were you there in 2005 along with me? And I'm someone who, you know, in 2005, I was probably the most plugged into pop culture that I ever was. I don't know, between 2005 to like 2007, probably. 
certain elements, I guess, of pop culture. Um, but I didn't even watch Chaotic back then. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't watch it while it was airing because I wasn't really into this sort of reality show where it was like a celebrity, just a person going about their day. I mean, we'll get into it, but like Chaotic was, it was like its own thing. It was something like really avant-garde at the time, really. Um, I don't know. I don't want to jump ahead of myself. We'll, we'll, I'm really excited to talk about it, but we'll get into it. But before I get into specifically my background with Chaotic, which I kind of already just touched on, I really want to talk about my background with Britney Spears herself. Because I've spent a lot of time with Britney, I feel like, over the past week as I've been preparing to record this episode. I've been listening to a lot of back episodes of The Smush Room. Shout out to Troy. Um, you know, and Troy is like a number one Britney stan. So I've really been you know, taking it in from the perspective of someone who really deeply loves Britney. And for me, she's always kind of felt like an older sister. Like Britney Spears, as a cultural figure, I don't remember a time where she wasn't a thing. Like I can't remember a time in my life before Britney Spears. I owned the Oops I Did It Again CD. My friend my next door neighbor owned baby one more time like we would listen to them I don't remember getting that CD it was like I just came into existence just having that you know like I just I can't remember I don't know how I got into Britney Spears I was into her I would listen to oops I did it again back to back to back and like I loved every song on the album but I was never like I didn't stay with her it was just because that was what was popular at the time like in 1999 you couldn't go anywhere without running into like Britney Spears but I don't know, just in terms of her relationship with the media, with the culture at large, she just kind of felt like this older sister figure who was always kind of there. You know, uh, America had a very sort of paternal, parental relationship with her where it was like, what is Britney getting into? We have to watch out for her. But at the same time, I guess like a creepy... <laughs> like a creepy paternal relationship because everyone was also like obsessed with her sexuality Britney was our our Madonna and our whore like she was the virgin whore complex all wrapped into one iconic blonde cute little southern package um so to me she always felt like this person who was like omnipresent in my life like in the culture and also kind of in the sense that like, you know, you don't really know what your older sister is really getting up to until you're older yourself and you can kind of look back and realize. So it's like, yeah, Brittany was like going out and partying and stuff, but I as a child, and this is later on Brittany, this isn't necessarily like 1999, 2000, super young Brittany, but like I'm thinking like 2003, 2004 Brittany when she's going out with Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan and like really going out and partying. Even then, like I didn't know what, celebrities were doing I didn't understand like what partying really meant I didn't know what drugs people were doing to me like marijuana was a terrifying scary drug and I like could not even imagine people doing like cocaine <laughs> I think like one of the biggest shocks of my adult life is growing up and realizing how many people just casually do coke because <laughs> to me it's always just like it, it, that's one step you're in the gutter like the next step after coke is basically just being like you're on the streets right <laughs> but yeah so it just always kind of felt like I didn't really know what was truly going on with her 
And then as I got older and I really started to look back and realize and really now over the last year especially, um, it's just like my mind is blown. It's like you look back and you're like, oh, my sister wasn't just like hanging out with her friends giggling. Like they were stoned off their asses that entire time. Like that kind of thing where you're just like, it all comes, it comes into view and you realize it. So yeah, I didn't really have a significant relationship with Brittany. That sounds so silly to say, but like, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't a stan. I wasn't a a super fan. I liked the music that became like popular. I followed her gossip and the tabloids and things. I don't think I ever got into like the really like horrible, just like venomous the way that people would attack her and talk about her because it's not like I was talking with anyone like this was just me reading like magazines on my own or reading like blog posts on my own at home on my computer like I wasn't in the Britney forums I wasn't like talking to people at my school about her so I didn't really have time to like or haven't I guess a space to like form an active opinion on her other than just like she's the background radiation of my life from the time that I was born you know. But now I have just this completely different view of her, this completely different relationship to her. It really started last since last spring, since like the Free Britney movement really picked up. But just kind of looking back and realizing like what her life has actually been and how strong and powerful and intelligent and formerly like quite articulate. Now it's like people don't really get to truly hear from her. Um, just like... What a deep, more complex, more interesting woman that she actually is behind all of this. Which is so funny for me to say this is like my opinion of her now where it's like she's now known to be like robotney as people call her. And like chaotic is just like full of silliness and like it doesn't really have much depth to it. But it has it in some moments but not like super deep. But still like despite all of that I still truly think like wow she's she's a really really complex person with a really complex life story that I don't think a lot of people realize or appreciate and I do think that we like as a society need to look back and really like take a moment and appreciate that okay (laughs) I hope that all made sense I I don't know this is just going to turn into a big Britney rant let's go into the background of the show itself (laughs) So Chaotic was a five-episode limited series that aired on UPN. Um, It ran from May to June of 2005. And the show just basically chronicled Britney Spears and Kevin Federline's relationship starting from like the time that they met, their whole courtship, their engagement, and even their wedding. Um, Interestingly, I saw that it was created and directed by Anthony E. Zucker, who is best known for creating the CSI franchise. Um... (laughs) I guess the excessive use of night vision camera on Chaotic is really the only place where those two cross over in any significant way. Um, Actually, a majority of the footage was originally shot for a show that was tentatively titled Entourage, like on tour, documenting the European leg of Britney's Onyx Hotel tour in the spring of 2004. But Britney fell and injured her knee while shooting the music video for Outrageous in June of 2024. (laughs) Guys, that's how long we've been in like the 20 teens is that my inclination is to say 2004. In June of 2004, um, so when she injured her knee that caused the rest of the tour to be canceled and then the original show concept was scrapped. 
the show was actually initially titled, well, the show in this version of it, where it's chronicling Brittany and Kevin's life, it was called Brittany and Kevin, Can You Handle Our Truth? Before it was changed to Brittany and Kevin Chaotic with Can You Handle Our Truth being the tagline. The show was actually really heavily panned by critics and it was widely regarded as career suicide for Britney. Um, So the main reason that a lot of people criticized it was her narcissism that was shown off because in 2005, an entire television series just dedicated to you, to you holding the camera, you asking the questions, you talking about yourself, you turning the camera on yourself, you acting silly was completely like nothing it had not been heard of um so troy is the one who said this before but britney spears invented vlogging yes i i yeah so it's just so funny watching this in 2020 it's such a natural thing it i feel like it makes more sense to watch in 2020 than it did in 20 again i almost fucking said it again 2005 in 2005 um And then I was like, I wrote my notes. I'm like, there's a rant here about the way we treated young women in the early 2000s as compared to now. Kardashian slash influencer culture, like put it all together. I could write some kind of feminist essay on this and publish it on Medium probably. But yeah, it's just interesting that I don't think, I don't think we would call anyone who had a show like this narcissistic nowadays because that's every show that's every reality show that's everything you see on Instagram it's all about self-promotion it's all about showing your best self showing the highlight reel and or on the flip side being praised for being really really authentic and genuine and not showing the highlight reel and showing like the the rough spots and you know the behind the scenes things and think where it's rough around the edges which I feel like this show very much was like it was unfiltered you know it was I mean I'm of course it was edited but I don't think it was like highly highly edited to try and like show a certain slant anyway or one way or the other other than trying to show Kevin Federline in a good light but you know like our girl was in love with him at the time what can you can you blame her so yeah it's just interesting that it's like this was the big criticism was Britney Spears as being like completely narcissistic and now I don't that that wouldn't hold water at all um but in 2013, Brittany did say that the series was the worst thing that she's ever done in her career and said that she would never do something like that again. To which I say, why the heck not? I feel like nowadays, especially, I mean, there's a whole nother level of what's going on with Brittany, which I'll touch on at the end of the show, but I'm sure you guys all know about what's going on with the conservatorship and everything. So if she ever were to get out of that, I feel like the best thing she could do, if not a reality I think the best thing she could do is write a tell-all book because I think a book would hold more weight it would just it seems more prestigious um of course she could like do it with a ghostwriter or whatever else like she doesn't need to write a book herself but I think telling her story in print is probably one of the best ways to do it but if she doesn't do that what I think would be fabulous is if Britney did a chaotic for 2020 like an updated version where it's just her with her camera telling her truth showing us the world through her eyes like especially now that she's been through hell for the past 10 plus years yeah I want to see that but I don't know maybe she feels different seven years later but in 2013 she said she would never do it again 
Um, that's basically it as far as the background of the show. So how did I choose this episode? I wanted to do something that was a little bit longer. The runtime is really only around 20 minutes for each episode without commercials. So I knew that would be over really quick. And it's only five episodes long. The first episode and the last episode are an hour. So it works out to be around 40 minutes of actual show to talk about. Um, and then the three in the middle are just like her and Kevin just bebopping around Europe, just doing their thing, being in love, giggling, flirting. And so there's not a lot there. So I decided to talk about the first episode um, because one, there is Brittany being Brittany and just like, you know, there are scenes prior to when Kevin is introduced, which I find really interesting. And I want to talk about Brittany on her own without having to talk about her in relation to like a man that she was with. Um, and two, the final episode, <laughs> I couldn't have recapped because it's just their wedding and like a straight up half the episode is just like music video. Like it's just like music playing in the background with scenes of like Brittany looking really happy in her wedding dress. So that's like useless to recap. So that's why we're doing the first episode. But before we get into the episode proper, um, I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't handle the full responsibility of talking about this on my own. So I've teased this a little bit. I've already brought him up because of course I couldn't. I couldn't get through my thoughts on Brittany, my relationship to Brittany, the background of the show itself without name dropping Troy. Um, so I asked Troy if he would, he would record a little voice note, just a little something something just to give his thoughts just have him weigh in because he is the Britney expert he is my pop culture historian of record you know he's the number one Britney stan so I'm gonna insert his little voice note here hello Riley it is me Troy McKeady um I'm reaching out to you because a bat signal went off in the sky and alerted me that somebody was indulging in Britney Spears content and that I needed to impose myself um <laughs> no, I'm I'm sending you this voice note because you told me that you were going to be watching Britney and Kevin Chaotic. And I always, uh, first of all, Britney and Kevin Chaotic obviously means a lot to me. It's a show that I've watched many times and um, I've covered on podcasts in the past and talked about for a very long time. It, it's, it's a lot to um, just take on, you know what I mean? So I'm going to give you like a little bit of a Britney and Kevin chaotic starter pack, like something to, I don't know, I guess like ease you into it. Actually, I'm assuming in, uh, you probably already watched a bunch of episodes by the time that you're going to hear this voice note. So um, I don't know. I'm just going to give you a little bit of insight as to how I feel about this show because it means a lot to me and I'm really excited that you're going to watch it. First and foremost, the thing that you need to know is that Britney Spears invented vlogging. This is basically a giant uh, YouTube video, and it's amazing. And 10 years ago, it was really jarring and made people feel weird and uncomfortable that she was just, like, walking around with a camera. But in 2020, there's an entirely different element to it where it just feels very normal. The other thing that you need to know is that even though Britney looks a hot fucking mess and she's unbathed and just tattered and ratted this whole, this whole entire show, she is so happy She's elated. I mean, this is probably, sadly, one of the happiest times in her life. This man, Kevin Federline, has, is her prince that has found his way into her life, and he's going to save her. And that's, what she, that's the place that she's in. She is madly, truly, madly, deeply in love with this fucker. Um, 
And you just have to know that going into it, that even though you know that something really, really sad is about to happen, it's also so nice to see Britney in such like a blissful state where she thinks like the world is her oyster. She's going to have babies. She's getting married. She doesn't care what anybody thinks. And this guy is going to save her from her management. You know, it's it's um it's really sad. But at the same time, there's something kind of enjoyable about seeing Brittany, whose life is now so dark and so sad in such like a state of bliss. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I can't think of anything else. I, I guess that's it. I, there's so there's it's too much. There's so much more that I want to say. But this is a voice note, not a fucking podcast episode. So I have to shut up and just allow you to, to fly and take your journey on Brittany and Kevin Chaotic. I love you. And congratulations on 50 episodes. You're fucking amazing. And I can't wait to record something with you again. And uh, yeah, bye. Thank you, Troy. I could not have said that better myself. Um, in fact, I didn't, which is why I definitely stole the whole Britney invented vlogging uh, from you and said that earlier in the episode. But um, thank you again for sending that voice note and sending your thoughts on Britney. Um, truly, like I couldn't be doing this episode without you because I listened to about seven episodes, I think, of The Smush Room in preparation of recording this one episode where I just recap. Uh, so let's get into the recap. So this is Brittany and Kevin Chaotic, Season 1, Episode 1, and it's titled, Can You Handle My Truth? So it starts with a few little teaser clips of what we'll see in the rest of the season, and then we get our very first rendition of the opening theme song, which is appropriately called Chaotic. Um, we see as, you know, the clips are happening, you know, as the theme song's playing, it says it's like, produced by Brittany and Kevin directed by Britney in association with Kevin, starring Britney and Kevin. So the whole, you know, gig is that it's like a home film made only by Britney and Kevin. Um, except that we don't, we, it said earlier in the article, the Wikipedia page, that Anthony E. Zucker had something to do with it too. So we don't know how true all of that is. Um, but the very first clip that we see is super exciting. It opens with Britney, a clip of Britney in concert performing Toxic, like, I mean, even for, like, the casual fan like me seeing this, like, Britney at her prime, like, on stage performing her most famous song, like, that gets you hype. So we see Britney, and then it's, like, also interspersed with clips of her just, like, playing around on some kind of, it's, like, night vision because everything's green, you know what I mean? Just, like, a home camera that I guess she just got, and she's just, like, making faces at herself and giggling. So it's just these two sides of Britney, you know? The superstar, the pop diva versus the down-home country girl who likes to, like, have fun and be silly. So we get a little Chiron. We're in London, UK. And the very first thing that we see, the very first shot, other than, you know, Britney in concert, is a shot, a close-up of two little mounds, and Britney in the background saying, they look like boobs, but they're not. They're my knees! <laughs> and she's giggling and she's laughing, just cracking herself up with it. Um, she shows us around the hotel room and she says that she has, you know, the coolest hotel room in the whole world. She's like, ah, oh, they need more hotel rooms like this in the States or maybe they just like me better overseas. But she is just so happy and genuine and it's beautiful and heartbreaking. Like, I don't understand. I like, I'm genuinely about to cry just talking about this. How could anyone not like this show? Like, I know it's a completely different, like looking back on it, the perspective of watching this 15 years later and knowing everything that goes down 
but it's just like it's just so beautiful to see her so happy just like so overjoyed at the simple things so she has a piano in her hotel room and it's her favorite part um and she just loves it so much and then she's like well you know it's a little it's a little much for one little person like me and it's just so sweet so she has what I'll refer to as her interview segments I don't really want to call them talking heads but it's the same gist as you know like what a talking head gives you where they provide context for whatever's going on and the scene or the episode um but it's like an actual like we see her sitting down in a chair in a room some weird ass like looking banquet hotel room like conference room or something it's like a very weird background um and obviously you know there's someone off screen who's asking her all these questions so it's an interview segment and so she was explaining how she was on tour missing her family and she had just gotten a new video camera and that's kind of how she was amusing herself so that's supposedly where all of these clips came from is just her playing around while she's on tour so the next little scene we get she's getting her hair done by a stylist who whose name she definitely says a couple of times but i never catch so i'm just going to call him the stylist the entire time um, and she's talking about relationships and commitment. And so she asks her stylist, you know, kind of what his thoughts are on those sort of things. Uh, he says he's not really into marriage unless it means free health care. Uh, and I'm like, oh, how some things change, but some things stayed the same even 15 years later. And Brittany says that she doesn't believe in marriage either. But then she says, I mean, I've been married, but that was a different story and gives a little look because this if you're keeping up was a few months after the infamous what 55 hour marriage between her and her childhood friend Jason Alexander where they went through the little white wedding chapel in Las Vegas um so it's just like you know this is something well I guess it would have been a year later a little over a year later at this point that the public is seeing it but it's just kind of like you know this is only a few months on after that happened and like look at Brittany being self-aware like joking around about it and it's just like I love this version of her so much and I just want chaotic Brittany to exist constantly she asks someone else who's in the room what he thinks about marriage and he's like well I've done it twice so and Brittany laughs um and then the stylist asks Brittany if like she's going to get married she's like no 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 I've been there done that and the stylist is like yeah I read about it everyone read about it and then in another scene she is interviewing Brittany's interviewing her assistant Felicia um her thoughts on marriage so Felicia is someone that I learned about through Troy's excellent reporting um you know I I didn't know who she was I wasn't that you know Brittany fan who was aware of like her her assistants and her entourage but Felicia's someone who like goes way back like she's one of Brittany's best friends so they have a very close relationship beyond just being an assistant um so Brittany asks what Felicia's dream guy would be the hairstylist shouts out very rich but then Felicia says, no, 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 I don't care about money. I just want him to be happy with himself. And also younger, because I like younger guys. And then Brittany dropping some, some bombs, some knowledge bombs, some wisdom. She says, you know what? You voice your wishes out there and continue to do that, and it will, it will be out there. All right, Law of Attraction. When did The Secret come out? Did, had Brittany read The Secret? Because she talks a lot about Law of Attraction in this first episode, actually. All right, I just looked it up because I was curious. And The Secret came out in 2006. So Brittany was out here preaching Law of Attraction before The Secret was ever like in the mainstream, you know, big cultural moment. 
So Brittany explains in her little interview session that the reason, uh, she thinks the reason that she was asking everyone else about commitment and marriage was because she hadn't really been in that sort of relationship, a committed relationship in so long. So she was kind of shouting it out to the universe as she puts it. So again, like law of attraction. So we get what a Chiron titles a Brittany Cam moment and she is getting her hair done once again. Uh, half of this episode, like solidly half of this episode is just moments of Brittany getting her hair done or like getting her makeup done, just like sitting in the chairs, I guess because that's when she has really nothing to do and she's bored, so why not play with your video camera? But she's basically just listing traits for her ideal guy, so she says someone who's cool and who's not phased by much, um, who's hasn't seen a lot because she has, and she wants to see things through him for the first time again, which I thought that was interesting. Because, I mean, this was, I mean, she was young. She was, I don't know how old she was in this, maybe, what, 23, 24 in this? So she's still, like, really young, but just to be like, oh, I've seen so much already that I really want to be with someone who hasn't seen a lot so that I can just experience the world through, like, their perception for the first time I don't know kind of sad kind of deep um she also says she wants someone kind of sweet and nice and who loves her a lot and then she says I don't care what they look like well I do care a little bit what they look like I don't want them to be like shit-faced ugly which is funny like I laughed but this apparently was one of the moments that people really didn't like about Brittany and thought was her being really like shallow and narcissistic but it's like, come on, she just listed all of these other traits first. And then the last thing she thinks about is like, well, not ugly, which I don't care who you are. Like in general, no one wants their partner to be quote unquote ugly. Like we all want to find someone that we think is attractive, right? Right? Like give Brittany a break, you guys. <laughs> Leave Brittany alone. <laughs> I'm truly, I'm truly going to become Chris Crocker like as I go through this because like now I feel like I have such a connection to her. So she asks her stylist what he thinks, um, like what kind of man he wants for himself. And he says a rich man. So, you know, at least he's consistent. Um, oh, also one of the things that I note here is that there is definitely, definitely some iconic America's Next Top Model background music playing in this scene. Actually, in a bunch of the scenes throughout the series, because they were both on UPN at this time, I guess. Uh, but I just thought that was really funny that we have some ANTM music happening here. So Brittany and company are headed to TRL, I guess, TRL London because they're still in the UK but they are running late and you know Brittany's getting a little bit nervous um she says to her driver you gotta speed it up Chris I get real antsy in cars and Felicia says you get real antsy out of cars which I thought was kind of cute I just like like that they have that kind of a relationship and it's really cute to see Brittany just interacting with someone who's like a genuine friend of hers because well, for one thing, even the content that celebrities produce today is not, we don't necessarily see like this kind of close, genuine friendship because everything is so curated for like your Instagram feed or your YouTube video or whatever. Um, but also it's just like Britney being this close with someone, like we don't see that. The only thing that we see is her and her like boyfriend on their Instagram where he's always commenting publicly on her Instagram that, you know, she has to get five different people to sign off on before she can post to it so it's just like it's a different flavor of like genuine interaction um also we get a little dated moment I love this is such a two it's such a 2005 
show too like everything is so of the mid-2000s everything Britney wears is so Britney in 2004 it's Britney in a fedora <laughs> like and so she's listening to my band by D12 you know Eminem's group and she's singing along she doesn't really know the words and she's kind of just like na 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 and it's it's cute she's having fun with it also she has beautiful teeth which I just noticed like as she because the camera is right up in her face uh I know that she grew up really really poor so I guess this is like post getting famous like dental work because those those are some white chompers um so then they get to TRL we see a Felicia Cam moment just like different shots from backstage we see Britney dancing getting ready to go out on stage she's looking super super excited you know at this point she still loves to perform she loves her fans Felicia says that her Starbucks has kicked in and so she goes out onto the TRL stage and I guess we see like this is archival TRL footage that we're seeing as well as like the Felicia background footage because we're actually seeing like what the audience not the in-studio audience I guess but like the viewers at home would have seen um and Brittany's asked what she thinks of English guys she says that their accents are really hot classic and they premiere her music video for every time and so we get to see clips it's you know a beautiful a beautiful song it's a beautiful video it's a tragic video if you haven't seen it in a few years go go watch it you know take the moment pause the the episode go listen to it come back all right we're on the same page (laughs) You know how I'm feeling about Britney right now. You feel pretty protective of her right now too, right? After you just watched that, we all want to take care of Britney. Um, And so then like while this is happening, while we see uh, her music video, we have Britney in her little interview segment talking about how, you know, I'm just like anybody else. I just want to love and be loved and find someone, you know, Britney's just like us. All right, so we get another segment of the Britney cam. And it's her talking to her, some of her dancers, Teresa and Sunny, again, asking them the question of, of the episode, the theme of the episode, how do you feel about marriage? How do you feel about commitment? So Sunny says something about not really believing in marriage because, you know, people change. And Brittany's like, yeah, she like agrees with her. And she says that she's bitter. And so this makes me think that this is probably post-Justin Timberlake feelings like how he was dragging her in the media how he was like putting her down and using the end of their relationship as a way for him to get ahead and boost his own career I don't know that's just my interpretation of what that possibly means because I don't think she has bitter feelings from her like 55 hour fun marriage to her like childhood friend so we get this moment now it's like the first allusion to the man (laughs) she says in her interview I needed some companionship and for some reason I couldn't get this guy out of my head that I met no girl don't do it in another Brittany Cam moment she is driving somewhere and she's talking to her driver in her car and he's like reluctant to talk to her so he's like this film could end up anywhere don't ask me anything about sex and she's like, I would never ask you. Today's uh, topic is about commitment and marriage. And so he says that's the same thing. And she turns the camera around on herself and makes a face. And she's like, it is not the same thing. I cannot believe you just said that, Mike. End of story. End of conversation. Um, and then she says that there's this cute guy. And she straight up just calls him McGill. Like, I thought, like, M-A-G-I-L. M-A-G-I-L-L, McGill. It's Miguel. (laughs) 
that's how thick her little southern accent is um so she's like she wants to hook felicia up so she can smashles she says uh with mcgill and so she says that in her little interview i definitely think there's a time in every woman's life where if you haven't had companionship you should let go and be your hot mama self and so she's chanting felicia and mcgill felicia and mcgill she wants them to get together um and she says that she just like outright tells felicia that she needs to get laid because sometimes she gets on their nerves and tony the driver is it tony or mike i think mike is the driver tony is the bodyguard i think so i think the bodyguard tony is cackling in the background so then it cuts over to a scene at Wembley Arena in London and Brittany's getting ready for her performance and she's getting her makeup done. She's singing. She's playing around. She's having a really good time. She's really excited. We get a little POV walk to the stage. So that's kind of like a fun moment seeing like the star walking like about to go perform like what they see right before they get on stage. Um, and she's, you know, she's really excited. And so she says like, here are the people. They're all here for me. Ha! And then she's like, sorry. But like, you know, it's like she's still getting really excited over it. Like she's still, I she's like been in the business for how many years now? This is 2004. Like she's been famous for five years already. And she's still so happy over selling out an arena. It's just so pure and wholesome. <laughs> Protect Britney at all costs. Um, and so we see clips of her performance. And then in her interview, like as it's happening, she also says how she doesn't get nervous performing and she gets just really excited and she feels like it's her birthday. Um, and then we get another little POV after the tour where they're on the bus, or not after the tour, after the performance where they're on the tour bus and she just shows shows us around the tour bus and then she goes into the little bunk area, her little sleeping area, and it has stars on the ceiling and she gets really excited. And she says that, you know, growing up, she always wanted to have stars on her ceiling or she like spent her allowance on stars for her ceiling and now she has stars on her tour bus ceiling. And it's just so cute and pure and beautiful. See, this is why I really want to do this episode too is because like there are all of these moments that we get before Kevin is even really introduced where it's just Brittany being like a wholesome being of light. And I want to just like, I want to bask in it for a little bit. Just, like, just take a moment to bask in this pre-Kevin pre-breakdown happy Brittany I mean she still had her problems but don't we all don't we all all right so the next little Chiron that we get is Manchester UK and so she's like in our ho hotel room and she uh takes her camera and she's like panning down on all of the different paparazzi that are hanging out outside of her hotel taking pictures of her and then it cuts to this moment of wisdom. So this is obviously, this is like a famous Britney quote. This is, I don't know, probably one of her like most famous like quotes. Um, this is obviously where like the title of the episode came from, where the title of the series almost came from. But she says, people can take everything away. No, <clears throat> I want to get it right. She says, people can take away everything from you, but they can never take away your truth. But the question is, can you handle it? Can you handle my truth? Which is fucking spooky now <laughs> like going back and 15 years later and her saying like they can take everything away from you but they can't take away your truth like I'm just I'm just waiting for her tell all I am waiting I know that that I'm putting out in the universe because law of attraction that's what our girl taught us she's gonna get out of the conservatorship soon this year 2020 this is the year knock on wood and she is gonna get that 
tell-all and we're gonna know everything that happened and she's gonna get therapy (laughs) she's gonna be happy we're gonna get our girl back I'm hoping so I don't know she's been through a lot poor Brittany so now we have a moment where Felicia is talking into the camera and she says the concept of today is what is your favorite sex position so now it's time we had Half an hour of teasing, of talking about love and commitment, marriage. Let's get to the good stuff. So Brittany goes around and she asks, you know, just like a few different members of her team what their favorite sex position is. And everyone's like laughing. You know, some people are like, oh, whichever way I can get it, beggars can't be choosers. Um, It's just like a silly little moment. Felicia's answer is, I don't know. I've never done it before. And then we get a cameo from J.C. Chazé of NSYNC fame so there's JC um he refuses to answer the question he is like oh I like I you know I'm I'm a naughty boy she's like oh so you like them all he's like well not all like he's very adamant that he doesn't like all sex positions so obviously there's something that went very awry for him at least one time um but Brittany explains in her little interview that JC was opening for her on her tour and she says that she knew him from a long time ago because he was in a little group called NSYNC. She's like, I don't, I don't know if anyone anyone knows what that group is. I'm not sure. It's cute. Um, and then Brittany gets asked, of course, what her favorite position is. And she's just like, she looks, you know, into the camera. She's like, Mom, just ignore this whole part. And she just like, you know, is waving her arms around. She's like, and Dad too. And Jamie Lynn too. And it's all just so cute. I know I keep saying this after every moment that's all just cute, but it is. I don't understand how anyone could have hated this show and thought that she was being like narcissistic and annoying. Like she's being precious and wholesome. Um, and so then we get some more performance scenes. We actually get to see like what the opening of the Onyx Hotel tour looks like, you know, with like the bellhop character the the ringmaster I don't know what this character is supposed to be but he's like oh welcome to the onyx hotel and he's all dressed up all fancy and creepy and so then while we see Brittany performing you drive me crazy in her interview segment we that's like interspersed with that uh she's talking about a guy that she met in LA you know just this guy that she really liked and you know I just I just thought I'd bring him on tour with me so we cut to Hollywood California two weeks earlier and who graces our screen but finally Kevin Federline and this is like Kevin Federline probably at his most attractive in my opinion when he kind of had like the long shaggy hair that was not in a cornrow (laughs) that like he had didn't have it cut short at that point um but he explains in a talking head that he was uh, allegedly living with a friend from back home and he met Brittany in a club one night but as we all know like I mean I guess uh, yeah of course you can't put it in this tv show that you're going to air into like you know the average middle American's family but like he was not just living with his friend we all know that why just lie about it you could have just ugh, just not said I was living with someone you could have just said that you met Brittany at a club But, so, if you don't know, he was living with his pregnant girlfriend, Char Jackson. (laughs) And they already had a kid together. And she was pregnant with their second child. And he was living with her. And then he met Brittany. And then he ran away to, like, tour with her in Europe for, like, a month. And then he, like, moved out. And then he, like, got married to Brittany. (laughs) 
Um, so Kevin says that a couple of her dancers introduced them. And Brittany says in this moment that, you know, as soon as she saw him, she knew um, he was very mysterious and he played it cool and she found that sexy. So they're back in London. Uh, Kevin has arrived. So we see them interact in the hotel room. Um, they're kind of like flirting with each other. Brittany's talking about how like, oh, he just got here. He already wants to leave. And then Kevin's like, no, nah, you, you're trying to get me to leave. And she's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, yeah, you asked me when I was leaving. She's like, no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. So, you know, we just see them tease. Um, they both say in like they're individually in separate interviews that it was like ba basically Brittany forced him to come like she was like get your passport you don't have a choice uh Kevin says he felt wanted by her but they had really only known each other for five or six days at that point and then we have a moment of you know Brittany has the camera on Kevin also he says he's camera shy but like whatever dude um and she's asking him how he feels about marriage and commitment and he says that love is love but he doesn't believe in marriage I think she says that she also doesn't believe in marriage at that point um and then she asks him what makes I don't I don't understand the question I don't really understand how she words it but Kevin seems to understand what she's asking it's basically like what makes sex good with different people like why is sex good sometimes like why is it better with different people I guess because um, I guess they were having like fucking amazing sex at this point so maybe she's trying to like figure out why they're having such great sex uh, and so he says that when you have feelings for that person, then it's more intimate. That's what makes it better. So we have a little interview moment with Felicia where she says that, you know, as soon as Kevin would walk out of the room, Brittany would be talking about him like, oh, isn't he nice? Isn't he so cute? He's such a good guy. He's such a good dancer. Um, and Felicia seems to be on board with him. Fully team Kevin is great. Um, Mo, one of her other security guards, on the other hand, does not trust Kevin. He says that he thought there was, you know, he was just there for a free ride. And he says, there was nothing I liked about Kevin from the first day I met him. So I'm like, get your girl away from him, Mo. Get her away from him. Not doing your job. So Brittany and Kevin are both hanging out. She's got her like night vision version of her camera on, I guess, because it's all green again. Uh, she says they're both a little tipsy, so they're having fun. And I guess they're listening to Eminem, I think, in the background. So Brittany asks him what he thinks about Eminem. And Kevin says that, you know, he thinks he's a genius because all white males of this age and this time thought Eminem was a fucking genius. Not to say he's not, but <laughs> Brittany has just the perfect response where she's like, oh, he is a genius, but he complains a lot. But that's cool. It's cool when guys complain about things girls have done to them or their mom <laughs> and she's just like throwing all of this shade and I love it um and then she like randomly says like oh you know the person that I think I'm going to marry or well I don't think this is going to happen but the person I'd like to marry is Brad Pitt and then she makes a prediction that uh he will fall in love with a young girl in like five years and get really bored and then I guess find her and like that's how they'll get together so I guess she's still waiting but now wouldn't that be the twist of 2020 that we would love I'd love to see it I would love to see it let's put it out there let's manifest this shit Brittany I want by the end of 2020 one Brittany's out of the conservatorship two her and Brad Pitt are together <laughs> and three she has her book deal on the way 
And then Brittany asked Kevin if he had to pick a celebrity to marry right now, who he would choose. And he's like, none of y'all, which is kind of funny. So like, I'll give him props for that. So in the next scene, it's a rainy day in London and Kevin's in the shower and Brittany's just showing off, you know, the hotel room. She, she loves to give us a tour of her space. Um, so there are like dozens and dozens of pictures all over the walls in this hotel room. And so she zooms in on one. And she kind of says that everyone has their own interpretation of the different pictures and this is hers. So she says that it's a lady on top of the world and she's in love with a man. Um, so there's like a man in the picture who has an arrow. But that man may break her heart and I guess put the arrow through it. Um, and then there's like a little tiny small person at the bottom like at her feet. And so she says there's that's her fairy who's trying to help her so she doesn't fall so hard and get hurt. Which again is like prophetic. Like why didn't Brittany have her own fairy looking after her at this time? Am I the only one who thinks this? Like am I reading too deeply into to chaotic? But it feels like there's a lot that like looking back on it 15 years later it's kind of spooky. Like it's kind of like goosebumps. So I guess Kevin's out of the shower because Brittany is now telling him that he needs to like hurry up and get ready so they can go do whatever it is that they have to go do. Um, and then she's like, actually, let's don't go. Let's stay home and fuck all day. And he just like, he turns and he gives her that look. And he's like, don't threaten me with a good time, basically. Um, he's like, well, you know, I'm down for that idea, actually. But uh, they have to go to wherever it is. So the next moment we get is a little Felicia cam. Brittany is in I guess the hotel gym but it's like this weird gym room with like I guess it's a gym because there's a treadmill there and she's running on it but like the walls look like they're fabric and there's this really weird purple uplighting on it I don't know if it's uplighting downlighting whatever is happening here but it's it's strange um Felicia also has this, the camera sideways so Brittany's like horizontal and Felicia, I guess, is asking why she wasn't allowed to come into the gym. And Brittany says it was because she was having sex. And Felicia's like, yeah, I'm in here. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm quick. I'm wham bam. Thank you, ma'am. Um, and Felicia asks how many times today she's had sex. Brittany holds up what looks like three fingers. It's hard to tell because this is like shitty YouTube quality. Um, and she's like, that's why I have this glow. And it's like, it's cute. Like, yeah, it's like TMI. Maybe this was shocking in 2005, but it really doesn't feel too shocking nowadays. I don't know. I, I just don't understand why people hated it. It's just Britney being real. It's cute. It's fun. It's edgy. It's sexy. It's cool. Uh, so we just get a quick little scene of Britney bothering Kevin while he's in the shower. Also, more, more dated music pinks trouble you know trouble yeah trouble i'm gonna get sued for all of the like shitty music i'm like singing in this episode um she is playing in the background i think that's all i was trying to say it's just like the music's playing in the background like while she's fucking with kevin in the shower and then it like cuts over to another scene of britney back in her makeup chair trouble still playing and she's saying like i think pink is really cool and you know girls supporting girls we love to see it we love to see our pop icons supporting each other um and then britney starts talking about how their sex is really, really good. And she says it's ecstasy, 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 ecstasy. Uh, and she is just like giddy. She like, can't hold it in. She tells her makeup artist that she had sex three times today. Um, and she says that he's sweet and that she likes him. And that she's going to be nervous tonight because Kevin's going to be watching her show and she needs to look extra pretty. 
and it's cute and then she says watch me fall when I'm walking on the chairs and it's just like really sweet and then that's kind of the last scene it just ends with a voiceover now and Brittany says anything I've ever really dreamt of I put my mind to it and I make it happen but with Kevin I don't know was he the one I was kind of scared and that's it that's how the very first episode of chaotic ends um, so the rest of the series is just them dating, going to various places in Europe, falling in love with each other, literally over three episodes, and then their final episode is them getting married. So where are they now? <laughs> All right, guys, strap in, because this is where it takes a turn for the dark. Um, so Brittany and Kevin had a surprise wedding ceremony on September 18th, 2004, but they were not officially wed until October 6th due to a delay in finalizing the prenup. Thank God they had a prenup, am I right? Um, their first son, Sean Preston, uh, was born in September 2005 with their second son, Jaden James, following in September 2006. Um, and so this is the time, as we all know, if we were alive back then, with Britney really began to face personal struggles with the media, especially with the media questioning her parenting skills. Um, in February 2006, there were the really notorious paparazzi photos that surfaced of Britney driving while holding Sean in her lap. There were other moments that happened where it looked like she was like about to trip or fall while holding her children. Um, in November in of, of, I almost did it again, of 2006, Brittany and Kevin filed for divorce, citing irreconcilable differences. Uh, their divorce was finalized in July 2007, with a couple agreeing to a joint custody arrangement for the children. And then in February 2007 was when Brittany infamously shaved her hair. So um, I'm going to direct all of you guys, as I've already said a billion times this episode, over to the Smush Room to listen to Troy's uh, series, Brittany on Brittany and Kevin. I mean, on Brittany and Justin Timberlake, on Brittany and Columbus Short. Like any time he mentions Brittany, there's some good some good shit there um but specifically he does cover the whole breakdown and he has a really interesting discussion of the various theories on why she shaved her head um some people saying it was because she wanted to avoid getting drug tested and she wanted to like you know thought she wanted to avoid getting caught if there was a follicle test ordered um but Troy has a really great theory on just like how her hair is her connection to like her mental health and her feelings of being trapped versus being liberated so definitely listen to that and kind of he'll he'll delve in deeper on that I can't I can't do it justice um so then in October 2007 she lost physical custody of her children to Kevin in January 2008 um there was an incident where she refused to give the children back after a visit uh eventually resulting in her locking herself in a room with her son Jaden James and a knife um, and then this led to the infamous 5150 involuntary psychiatric hold, which of course led to the infamous conservatorship, which leads us to basically where we are now. Um, so Brittany has continued to consistently work while under this conservatorship over the last 10 plus, I guess, what, almost 12 years now? Where are we? It's 2020, right? Um, She's released albums, she's done guest appearances, she was a judge on season two of The X Factor. She very famously did her Las Vegas residency from 2013 to 2017, that was called Piece of Me. And then it was announced that she was supposed to be doing a second Las Vegas residency called Domination in October of 2018. 
However, in January of 2019, the uh, residency was canceled. It was said that it was allegedly due to her father, um, his health issues. However, in April 2019, the podcast Britney's Graham put out an episode called Hashtag Free Britney, where they played a voicemail allegedly from a former paralegal at the law firm that handles Britney's conservatorship, claiming that Britney was being held against her will in a rehab facility or like a psychiatric facility. Um, This led to the whole Free Britney movement with just like greater understanding of what was happening in her conservatorship. I also, I've, I think I, t- I talked about this definitely when all of that was happening last year on whatever episode I was releasing in April of last year after I had listened to the Free Britney episode. Um, definitely go back, listen to Britney's Graham. Everything from Free Britney onward is all about like her conservatorship, everything that's going on with her legally, kind of the background of what led up to this, how this we got here in Britney land. Uh, so that's really interesting. That's a great resource if you want to learn more it's funny is like that podcast I've never listened to it anything before that but apparently all of the previous episodes prior to the whole free Britney movement starting was just like lighthearted, fun let's talk about Britney's Instagram <laughs> and then it's become like this really serious like investigative journalism like to the point where they hardly ever release episodes anymore because they're doing like such deep work they're going to be putting it out on something that's more I don't want to say serious than a podcast, but I guess just like holds more weight than a podcast. And so it was basically around this time that I was, uh, I started following Brittany on Instagram myself. Um, And so now I kind of have a feel for the Brittany of 2020, like who she is, which is, I don't know, it's like hard to describe. It's almost like a person after they've had like a stroke or something. Like I feel like that's really harsh to say. But the Britney that I have been following on Instagram is not the same person that I saw watching Chaotic at all. Like there is something so different there and I don't know if it's just because she can't be her full authentic self because of, you know, she has to have 50 million people sign off before she can like post an Instagram post or if it's just because she's been so traumatized and and damaged by all of these things that she's been put through and the fact that she has never had like really a chance to like rest and have a break except for I think right now since the fact that her second residency got canceled like I don't know if she's actually doing any significant work right now which god bless god bless her I hope she's having time she has a break and she has time to heal um but yeah that leads us to today so I guess I should also talk about Kevin and where he is now too um so (laughs) I didn't put the year that this happened because I don't care. I guess it was like, it wasn't too long after he and Britney broke up, but he was featured in a nationwide insurance Super Bowl commercial where he gets transformed into a fast food worker from being like a DJ and it's like life comes at you fast, which is funny just because like it's shading him, but he still did it. Um, He was, I did not know this. He was a regular cast member on One Tree Hill. Like he was did some guest appearances and then became a regular. That's wild. Um, he was on the seventh season of Celebrity Fit Club. He also did an Australian weight loss show called Excess Baggage. Um, and then he started dating a woman named Victoria Price. He had a daughter with her in 2011. They were married in 2013. And in April 2014, they had their second daughter together. So now he has like, what is that? Six kids? Uh, currently he's a DJ, you know, just doing the K-Fed thing, as you do. 
Um, all right. So does it hold up slash is it worth a rewatch? I think if you can't tell what I'm about to say right now, then you haven't been listening for the past hour. Hell fucking yes, this holds up. Hell yes, this is worth a rewatch. Every single person in the entire world who cares any kind of minuscule amount about Britney Spears needs to watch Chaotic because it's just like Britney in a whole different level than she is now. It's so enlightening to go back and watching watch it knowing what we know now about what was going on in her life that she was still struggling with like substance abuse, addiction, you know, that she had been dealing with an abusive childhood, that she'd been dealing with abusive like business managers and industry professionals her entire life at this point and that she still was like this bubbly happy innocent just joyful person and that it would take so much more shit that she would have to take to her to be broken down into this like different human being like it's wild I don't know I think it works better in 2020 like going back and watching this 15 years on than it worked in 2005 obviously um also yeah I mean like it's dated like we see the style the music but it still feels relevant it still feels natural I guess because it's like the blogging kind of way of doing it but yeah I cannot recommend chaotic highly enough please go back and watch it let me know what you think let me know if you want to protect Britney as well like can we just like go storm the lawyer's office and just like go burn the documents of the conservatorship or something like we'll do it you know I'm fully in Britney's army now so like I'll do it for you girl all right you guys well that I guess wraps it up for episode 50 of snapback to reality so thank you all so much for being with me once again for the past 50 episodes whatever you've listened to I appreciate you being here um if you haven't it would really really mean a lot if you left me a nice rating a review um on Apple Podcasts that's the big one any other place you want to leave a rating and review that's also great I really really appreciate it every little bit helps um subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already tell a friend about it you can find me on Facebook snapback to reality podcast I'm on Instagram at snapback to reality pod or my personal Instagram at really underscore Riley oh and I decided that I wanted to join Twitter yeah like 14 years later I thought it would be a good idea for me to get on Twitter um I really want to be Twitter famous like you know I just want to like blow up and go viral and be able to like get paid a hundred thousand dollars to post just kidding like I'm not gonna be a Kardashian but still if you want to follow me on Twitter I'm at Riley said so r-y-l-e-e-s-a-i-d-s-o um, or you can email me at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, bye you guys. <laughs>